Welcome to the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Blondin. This week, we come off of week two of the NFL and the sports betting action surrounding that. Busy weekend overall in sports, not just the NFL, but college football. Uh, English Premier Soccer and German Soccer, Italian Soccer, Spanish Soccer, and MLS Soccer, if you wanted to place a few dollars down on that. Uh, We'll take a look back at the weekend that was, and we'll also take a look at uh, the weekend that it's going to be, and that is week three of the NFL. And we'll try to stick with the games that, you know, I have thoughts on versus trying to run through every game. But what a weekend. What what a wild scenario. If you look at Saturday, it's... uh, it, it really shows why this is the best time of year for for a square better, and that's that's who this uh, podcast is for. The better likes the action. You wake up in the morning to EPL action right away, and uh, we move into German action at 9.30 with a few games there, and reach into baseball action, college football, 12 o'clock kickoff, move into afternoon football, uh, college, uh, NCAA, college football, evening college football, MLS. It's just wall-to-wall betting opportunities. If you have a social life, you probably want to put that to the side while you focus on your sports gambling if uh, that's if that's what you want to do. So the opportunity's there. But we're going to take a fo- more of a focus on what uh, happened in the NFL. And a lot happened this weekend contradicting what happened on week one and changed a lot of people's thoughts on what these teams are all about. So let's look at some of the highlights, including the uh, Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. What a wild football game. This game, when we talked about it last week, I, I did look at the Dolphins and covering the spread. I didn't think they would pull out the win. I did take them at a plus three and a half. Uh, they scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. Wild comeback to take out the Ravens. And unbelievable numbers when you look at the uh, Tua, uh, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. 469 yards passing, six touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill, which we liked at plus 70 yards uh, to put wager on. He had 190 yards. Uh, Jalen Waddle also had 171 yards receiving. You can't predict that. Tyreek Hill seems to be a staple for potentially 100-yard receiving games. Uh, I don't see it slowing down, so we'll talk more about that when we we get to Miami and Buffalo for Week 3. Here's the one that really confuses me. I sat here last week talking about Pittsburgh, not understanding why they were a dog in this game against the New England Patriots at home. New England didn't show anything against Miami in Week 1. Pittsburgh was able to take on and on the road and beat the Cincinnati Bengals uh, fairly, you know, in a wild, I was going to say fairly easy, which is not the case, but a wild scenario of turnovers and timely plays, missed field goals. So I guess there was a little more uh, fool's gold when it came to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I would have taken the Pittsburgh Steelers at a plus two. I wound up taking them at a plus three, which got my money back. So the game pushed, but I would have also taken them at a money line, which I refrain, which I also did, but that did not turn out. Now, what do I learn uh, about New England? I still stand by it, that they do not have a Super Bowl team that we're used to. They are a team that I think can only play with the lead. 
They took a they took a three nothing lead. Pittsburgh tied at three three. New England scored a touchdown, and I felt as teams are chasing New England, they're allowed to play their field position game. They're allowed to uh, dictate what the other team is doing. So, in in a game like this, I, it's it suits New England to a T, and I would keep on your radar as New England's schedule gets tougher with uh, Buffalo down the road. If that spread is anywhere under a six, hammer Buffalo. The only time that New England really gave Buffalo a run was when there was about a thousand mile hour winds in Buffalo and New England uh, could stick to their running game. Josh Allen was pretty much eliminated from throwing the ball. He had some drop passes, but don't be fooled. New England's not catching up. They're not. They're not a contender. They're not going to be able to come back from a seven to fourteen point lead. Although Mac Jones looks pretty good, I, they do not have enough weapons to play adapt their style of game. It's going to be a tight play with the lead kind of team that will be successful only if the game dictates they'll be successful based on how the uh, start of the first half goes. So don't be fooled by New England. Depending on the game, depending on the quarterback, they will get toasted. So uh, keep an eye on that for value. Also, I can't can't express uh, my condolences to those who had a lot of money, significant uh, money, or survivor pool pick was on the Cleveland Browns. I for sure looked at the New York Jets coming into Cleveland. After Cleveland knocked off Carolina, week one, Joe Flacco starting quarterback for the New England, I'm sorry for the uh, New York Jets. I refer to him as a statue. He's a statue. I, I, I I'm, try, I'm, t- I'm having trouble to get away from that. But when I look at a game of, for Flacco where he had four touchdown passes over 300 yards, and within less than two minutes. Eliminated a 13-point deficit to get a win for the Jets. Now let's let's put this in perspective. Let's pretend that you, the better, had significant money down on the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland goes up by 13. Chubb decides to score while the Browns are up by seven. Now, if you recall, this time last year, he had a play where he was running toward the end zone, and in a in a moment of looking at the big picture. He decided to run out of bounds so Cleveland could keep possession, so they could run out the clock, guarantee a victory. The opposite happens. He decides to score, which, you know, I'd be honest, you know, when you go up by two scores, you think the odds are so low. Sure, why not? You know, it helps my over, go for it. So he scores at the uh, just past or just over two minutes remaining in the game. Extra point is missed. Okay. So you know, you're you're up by two scores, but it's only 13. Great, that's fine. Jets have Joe Flacco, and they need to march down the field twice. And by the time they received the kickoff, it was, there was 155 remaining in the game. 65-yard bomb uh, touchdown. You know, uh, the f- first few uh, first few snaps after they get the ball back. Suddenly, Jets are down by seven, but that's okay. They need to recover an onside kick. But guess what? They recover an onside kick. And then they march down the field, score a touchdown. Cleveland has no time. 
to recover and get back into it. Jets win 31-30. Now, if you're in the you're the better on the side of the the bad beat, and that bad beat means that uh, you feel you got hosed, uh, and the odds and the betting gods are looking down on your home and your couch, directly laughing at you, and went out of their way to make sure that you lost your bet. That that is exactly how a better feels, and the odds for the Jets to come back and win must have been a million to one for everything to play out including that missed extra point a missed extra point that at least would have tied the game up if it was not a 13 point deficit the odds are so low that the Jets especially the Jets we're not talking about Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes we're not talking about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills we're talking about the New York Jets with Joe Flacco as quarterback but gotta give him credit he had a great game. Jets are a little sneaky. They have a lot of young talent, a lot of young receivers that uh, can put up some big numbers. So I don't think this is going to last, but what a game. And hats off. I'm not even wearing a hat, but if I had one on, Joe Flacco, I'd honor your statue because that's what you are still. I don't care what uh, this win has done for you. Unbelievable game. So looking at the other uh, action of uh, the uh, other games uh, on Sunday, the Detroit Lions thirty six twenty seven. We walked into the podcast last week. I had a feeling this game would have a lot of points. It did. It's all over the place. Giants took a lead. Washington tried to stage a comeback. Jared Goff, he's hitting receivers. It's uh, the Lions. Like this is a this team. I don't know. They're they're like a uh, firecracker. Uh, they come into a game. They may lose. They're like Rocky Balboa. They may take 100 shots, like just devastating shots, life-altering head head blows, but they keep coming. They may lose, but they have an ability to stay in games, uh, keep up with teams, score points. It is weird. This team is unique and may be uh, a, a team to look at for some crazy flyers to take on this team. They may pull some upsets. I, I don't know what you're going to get with this team week in and week out, but I think you're going to get a lot of points. I think you're going to get a lot of props, that uh, you, uh, longest passes, receptions, reception yards. It, they're all over the map, but they, they might be a fun team to watch. So watch out for the Detroit Lions. Definitely a big win against the Washington Commanders. The uh, Colts suck. Let's just move on from there. Rams, Falcons. What a weird game this was. Uh, I had this as my survivor pool pick for my other survivor pool. I've got eliminated last week, as I mentioned, with the 49ers loss. But if you're sitting there and you tease this game down from it moved to 10.5 and, and you move that six points down to 4.5 and, and suddenly needed this game for your teaser to pay off and you watch the Rams to ensure that they were able to kick off and pin the uh, Falcons deep, run through their own end zone uh, to uh, give up two points and a safety. You obviously probably threw up right there and then. You understood why. You can see why they made that decision. However, the watching a self-induced safety to ruin your teaser is absolutely sickening. But uh, for Survivor Pool... It worked for me. I don't care how they got it done. They got it done. 
Hey, looking at Tampa Bay and uh, New Orleans, quite a boring game. First half, 3-0 Saints. Now, here's something that makes me sick. I, I, I recall on Sunday looking at the halftime line, the Buccaneers, I think, uh, looked at like a minus 103, minus 104 money line play. And if it was any other team that the Buccaneers were down three points to heading into the second half, other than the New Orleans Saints, which, as you know, if it's not playoff time, New Orleans has their number. I didn't touch it. And that's that's the sickening part where you have to look at it from a realistic perspective that you have to trust good teams and find value on the good teams. I'm not talking about finding value on the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not talking finding value on the Chicago Bears. The value has to be in the Tom Brady's of the world, the Josh Allen's of the world, the Patrick Mahomes of the world. And you have to take advantage. And you know what? Tip your hat. And if you lose, it was the right thing to do. It's almost like playing blackjack and you're showing a 16 and that dealer shows a queen. You have to hit. You just have to because the odds are in your odds are better that you have to take a card. It's just the way it is. Just like in blackjack. Again, another example. You have a 20 and the dealer may have a 21. You're not going to take another card. It's just you're going to win more than you're going to lose if you play the right way. And the right way would have been to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the second half. And I failed to do so. So that's uh, a bit annoying when I think about it. Also, uh, looking at the board, just a few other uh, takes. If you watch the Arizona-Las Vegas game, what a wild game that was. Most of us, you know, look at the red zone and just pick up the uh, who, who's marching down the field. And one of the games that was able to actually fully watch at least the second half was that Arizona Raiders game. And Kyler Murray really showed what uh, made him a first overall pick a few years back. He he took the team under his wing. He, he, he took the situation, scrambled multiple times, held up the play to have receivers get open, give the Cardinals a chance, and that's what he did. They sent the game to overtime, clutch two-point conversion at the end, clutch throw, all of which involved Kyler Murray scrambling and staying alive. And you could tell the Raiders, after you know three quarters, were gassed, could not keep up with them. And that's what uh, Kyler Murray can provide to you. So I think this is a turning point for the Cardinals. Big win. Raiders in trouble. 0-2. They haven't looked that bad, but they haven't looked that great either. So Josh McDaniel, rough start, buddy. Rough start. So uh, look out for those Cardinals. And uh, just a just a final note on this weekend's coverage. Bengals, like what is wrong with you? And it's it's not even that it's not Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a part of this problem. I, I I expected him to take another leap to another level, and it's only week two, heading into week three. But this Bengals offense is not clicking. They're chasing the last two games, self-induced issues with uh, protecting the ball, um, uh, allowing Dallas 
the backup quarterback to basically dominate, not squeeze one out, but dominate you. He did make again. He did make a comeback, but he failed. At the end of the game, you couldn't even get a first down deep in your own territory and allow Dallas to move the ball. It's it's unacceptable. So, Cle uh, or Cincinnati. Wow, this is a. I think we're going to be in a situation where. We're, we're going to forget fast that this team actually made it to the Super Bowl last year. Such high promise, but such uh, low delivery. Poor. Now we move on to week three of the NFL. And if you're not already broke, uh, maybe you can put some money on some of these games. So Thursday Nighter, which is, again, one of those games where because it's on, you're gonna probably going to put some, uh, some bets down. And when you look at the game, it's, to be honest, when you see Steelers, you, you think excitement? Ugh. You know, really, uh, with not the best quarterback matchup, uh, the over-under is 38.5. That tells you what Vegas tell, uh, thinks about how many points are going to be scored. But are we not thinking under here? Like, I mean, this podcast is meant to look at the over and take the action. But are we really serious that the over is the play here? Uh, I, I thought I read a stat earlier today. That if a, the spread is at 38.5, which it is, that seven out of seven of the last games at this total went under. So it's this is a uh, odd matchup, and really don't expect much out of your bets, but bet for fun. That's just what we're here for. And heading into Sunday, looking at the game of the day, potentially, we can argue what that is, but Buffalo-Miami. Two division rivals, two two and O teams, Buffalo and the Heat, Miami. What are we gonna get here? What are we gonna get? Now we have Tua coming off a huge game with his weapons, and you got Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs. What are we gonna get? I, I'm looking at it over 52 and a half for sure. No, nobody's been stopping Buffalo's offense, and Miami has just been racking up the yards. So not only the over 52 and a half. How can we not think Josh Allen's passing yards might be something that uh, is worth looking at? Right now on Bet365, well, you know what? Let me switch over. Josh Allen's passing yards are 275.5, which is, a, I think, a solid play. He throws the ball. He throws 40, 50 yards in, in regular fashion. So what, those are big chunk yards, and he can pull 300 game, no problem, 300 yard game. Tua, now here's value. So Tua right now is plus 210 to take this bet, what is called a player passing yards milestone in bet365. So it allows you to say if Tua is going to hit 300 plus yards, he hit over 400 yards last week. What if Buffalo has taken the lead? You tell me he's not going to air it out to his weapons? If you're looking at a, val if you're looking at a small wager and or a bet you're taking a chance on, why not? Throw it on Tua to potentially throw 300 yards on Sunday. I think that's a great bet. All right, moving on. Detroit, Minnesota. I talked about Detroit being almost like a firecracker. Minnesota absolutely sucked on Monday against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know what happened with that team that beat the Packers in Week One, but in this game, I gotta like the I got the like, like the Lions at plus six. What what has Minnesota shown that Detroit hasn't? Where 
you know, even taking a flyer in the Lions would potentially win this game. Why can't that happen? I mean, so plus six is the safe play. But think about that why can't that happen attitude. You might want to throw a few uh, coins on the Lions. But uh, something also stood out to me is if you're watching Red Zone on Sunday, you'll notice Detroit pop up every two minutes, at least in the first uh, three quarters. They had big play after big play. Jarrett Goff uh, hitting his receivers over the middle for big chunks. And uh, so I'm looking at this week as a great value. Uh, Amon St. Brown has a longest reception of 22 and a half yards. He had a plus 50 long reception last week. So why not take a shot at uh, the longest pass reception for St. Brown to happen? That, 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 that seems like a likely scenario and a target that Goff is aiming for. So there's got to be value there. Raiders. Oh, and two Raiders. The Raiders. Uh, Tennessee, oh, and two. Uh, uh, Vegas visits Tennessee. I got to like the Raiders at minus two. I don't see anything going on with Tennessee unless Derrick Henry dominates the game, which I don't. I think maybe those days are done. Brian Tannehill is not your guy. And I th- this could be uh, a come-to-Jesus moment for the Tennessee Titans to finally look at Yes, we were the number one seed in the AFC. We could not beat Cincinnati in the playoffs. And what really do we have? We don't have a quarterback. And guess what? You don't have a quarterback, you're not going anywhere. It's just the way of life. So, Raiders, minus two. Eagles. Eagles, upstarting team. Jalen Hurts leading this Eagles offense. Third-year quarterback. Doing great. Dominated Washington. Uses his feet. Has been more accurate with his arm. Six and a half point underdog against Washington. I look at this game as a teaser opportunity. And we say teaser. If you look at your sports betting site and you select four games, whether it be the spread or the over, it'll give you the option to make a special bet called a six point teaser. You can do it at different amount of points. So you would take the game at six and a half and you would move it down to 0.5, along with three other games that would have six point advantage. But they would all, all four of them would have to win. So take the Eagles as a teaser, get it down to 0.5, or use the two minus 290 money line. I don't see Washington competing with the Eagles here today. Washington, I don't know what they are, but I know what the Eagles are, and that's a winner on Sunday. All right, so that's uh, that matchup. Jags-Chargers is a weird one. Justin Herbert is questionable. Rib cage issues. This would be interesting. His his passing yards and individual Totals have been brought down. I don't see only Trevor Lawrence has passing yards listed. And if Justin Herbert does play, take a look at those passing yards. If they're quite high, if they're 290, 300, you know what? Take a shot at the under. Think about sore ribs. Are they really going to let him run free? He His value is that he has the ability to check down Check all four or five options quickly and let go with the rifle arm that he has. And when you have that rib cage issue and you're not looking to get hit, your tendency to get the ball out and maybe not check down to that progression as fast as you might. So there might be opportunity there if he's ready to go. 47 points. Now is the time maybe to place the bet on the under. If Herbert doesn't play, there's no way... That line's going to stay there for long. 
So 47 points might be the opportunity to take the under. And, but that's why they call it gambling. Take your chances and see what happens. Green Bay, Tampa Bay. 42 points. I know Tampa Bay is decimated with injuries. I know that they only scored 20 points against the Saints last week. The Saints games in, in divisional with Tampa Bay are anomalies. Either Green Bay or Tampa is going to light it up some one way or another. I can't see this game staying under 42 points. No way, no how. Tom and Aaron are going to try to light each other up. They're not going to hold back. So 42 points is a steal. Take it now while you can. And the Rams visit the Cardinals. Is anybody really impressed with the Rams right now? They haven't shown much. They almost choked against the Atlanta Falcons. And I, I got to think, though, that the 48 and a half, ooh, is, that, is that too high? But uh, maybe the play here is the Cardinals. Cardinals are at home. LA hasn't looked great. Cardinals are coming off a big win. They're, they got embarrassed last year in the playoffs, getting uh, getting eliminated by the Rams. Why not take a chance on the Cardinals? Plus 160. Go for it. And guess what? That sounds a little more appetizing when your 1 o'clock bets are finished and you're looking to get some money back. And plus 160 Cardinals might be the way to do it. San Fran, Denver. Well, San Fran. I mean, Trey Lance, done for the season. That sucks. Broken ankle. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back in. They beat the Seattle Seahawks last week. But let's be honest. The 49ers not a better team with Garoppolo in there. And why are they a better team? Because his role is to manage the weapons that they have. He's not going to... The potential of a Trey Lance is that he's going to be that top echelon quarterback that's going to win games for you. Right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to lose games for you. He's going to get the ball in the hands of the Debo Samuels, etc. to win football games. Now, what's interesting is Denver has looked horrible. Horrible. Now, here's the value portion of this. Denver has been, you know, put a new offense, new head coach, who's also the offensive play caller. You have Russell Wilson, new quarterback. And you really don't do much in preseason uh, as far as clicking. New offense, new coach, new quarterback. So at some point, this has to this has to come together, does it not? So I, I'm going to say, you know, maybe Denver's the play on Monday, and we're seeing value of Denver being an underdog and plus 105. But I, at home in Denver, I say take the Broncos. Go for it. Also, Monday night, Giants, Cowboys. What do you do with this matchup? You got you got to take it. The only reason I'm talking about it is because it's Monday nighter. You have to take it. And uh, I got to think the Giants are going to win this game. But, you know, I, I look at this more as a fun game, Monday nighter. First day of the work week. Go for the over. 39 points. Sweat it out. Go for it. See what happens. But uh, one game I know, don't touch. Houston-Chicago. What a terrible matchup. Now you're going to look at it. But I just wanted to point it out. It's a laughable matchup. And I can't imagine somebody having thousands of dollars on one of these teams, even the over-under, and seeing how this plays out. I'd love to have a camera on somebody who actually did have a bag full of money they brought to the window 
in Vegas and see the roller coaster of emotion that would take place watching these two garbage teams come together and see who would actually win. They'd probably tie. So interesting, but uh, not so much to turn it on. And just to conclude, that uh, again, a reminder that this is a sports gambling podcast, but it's not intended to influence anybody to invest any money. This is for fun, and we don't want anybody to get in any trouble spending money that they do not have. So hopefully everybody has a great weekend of bets. Hopefully a successful weekend of bets. And right now we are over and out on the overrated experience. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.